This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to Busted Wide Open. If this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 249. Very anticipatingly awaiting our move to Twitch this Saturday. My mm, name is Nick Howell. Twitchy, twitchy, twitch. Even <laughs> I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. That's right. We have to talk today about yes. Monday Night Raw which happened last night and all the things that they're getting. They're getting set up for SummerSlam. Might it be on a boat? They're on a boat. We could have Andy Samberg as the guest host. It works out great. They looked at Jericho and they're like, if Jericho could do a cruise, we can do a cruise. SummerSlam on a boat. It might happen. That's the rumor, at least. We're setting up for that in WWE land. We've also got to talk about New Japan. They're back there. They're coming out the gate. They're doing all kinds of stuff. We had Sengoku Lord this last week. We have a whole bunch of their summer program heading on right now. And the big uh, night four this Friday is going to have some big matches. We can talk about that as well as what they're up to for the rest of the summer. Impact has got more eyes on it than it's had in years because of a massive anniversary and picking up a whole bunch of people from WWE who weren't being used over there. But by God, they're being used on Impact. So we got to talk about Impact as well as we have Jesse Money's bright side of the ring. That's right. We're going to have a segment devoted to talking about a nice uplifting story in wrestling, and that's going to be later on in the show. So lots, lots, lots to do today, Nick. A big show. But before we can do that, we have to do some housekeeping, and then we can get into it. Yeah, big day of housekeeping today, guys, so bear with me as I work my way through this. Um, First and foremost, if you're not in the Facebook discussion group, uh, head over there. Make sure you watch the live that is pinned to the top of the group as an announcement. It was about an hour long, but that does go through all of the details of the move that we're making this Saturday over to Twitch. Plus, I go over all of the dynamics and the vocabulary and the whole new thing. Uh, Plus some inside baseball about what Sir Ian Dangerous and I have been thinking about and talking about the last few months reasons why we're moving reasons for growing the show and continuing to do that so make sure you go and watch that uh all of the great questions thanks everybody that joined in and asked a lot of great questions had some good conversations uh during the show and uh, hopefully i got all of those answered for you but yes Mm. i will segue that with we are moving to twitch saturday if you haven't heard yet newsflash 
We're moving to Twitch, twitch.tv slash busted wide open. Uh, and if you'll humor me at the end, I've got a little something I wanted to say as well about YouTube. So stick around to the end of the show. And I, I wanted to throw something out there for that. Busted or uh, at BWO podcast over on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you get into our discord server. That is the place to be. It's where all the live chats happen all throughout the week and dedicated channels for all pay-per-views, all kinds of good stuff happening over in the discord. Um, thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are just absolutely rock. Every single month, we are blown away by your support and love for the show. Thank you guys so much for everything. If you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers to get access to show notes, uh, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag show, uh, patron pickums we've got coming up here at the end of the month for the uh, SummerSlam pay-per-view, all kinds of good stuff, bonus episodes, Skype calls, you name it, over at patreon.com slash BWO. And of course, make mm. sure you're subscribed right here at YouTube. Yes. Because we are going to continue putting up content. Don't think we are. Uh, 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 don't make the mistake. We might have more. That we, that we are abandoning YouTube because we are not. We got plans. We, we got, got plans. We got plans and shit. So <laughs> don't, don't abandon YouTube just yet. And I will go over that at the end of the show and sort of oh, yes. outline some of that uh, when we're closing things out after the show. So hang tight. We got a lot of wrestling to talk about. And oh, my goodness, it ain't so all going to be pretty. <laughs> so, are you suggesting nick that we might have some negative things to say about raw tonight i am suggesting that talking about this might be like putting down a tablespoon of cough syrup so let's go over oh. let's get it out of the way and let's okay. kick things off with monday night raw oh randy chris Catan, kelly Kelly, Kevin, Kennedy, Kardashian, Orton, you scamp. He's back. He's busy. He's out here saying, I took out Big Show. I took out another legend. I got nothing left to do except, you know, I woke up this morning thinking there was something that I was missing. And it might be, looks down, checks pants, a belt. <laughs> I need a new belt. Oh, he wasn't looking where, for a place to put his hands. No, 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 okay. or no, no, that's, he does that anyway. I'm saying he looked down and saw something different this time. And this time was decided, you know what? I haven't had that big old champion belt in a while. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I might want it back again. I've, I've had uh, some iteration of a world heavyweight championship 13 times. I might want to make that a big old one four and tie Papa triple H. So, He's back in the hunt. He said, you know what? I, I think I'm going to challenge Mr. Drew McIntyre because he's a loser. He's been fired before. I'm going to teach him what it means to be an all-time superstar because I'm better than The Rock. I'm better than Stone Cold. My my resume looks better than theirs. My longevity is better than theirs. So, yeah, Drew, I'm, if you accept, I'm coming for you at SummerSlam. My goodness, Randy. No one saw that coming except for everyone who's paying attention. So here we are, Randy Orton gunning for Drew McIntyre. Later on in the evening, Drew McIntyre, of course, had his match with Dolph Ziggler, which Randy apparently forgot about. He just challenged Drew McIntyre as though Dolph Ziggler was a guy who was just automatically going to lose to Drew. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I, I don't know, Nick. I was sitting here going, Dolph might win this somehow. Right. No, you didn't. You didn't, you didn't see that? No. Way you, to undercut you your own booking, WWE. <laughs> Stri strike one. <laughs> right. So, uh, all right. So we, we don't even give Dolph a chance to get out of the gates, but we do have a full-on Extreme Rules match. We didn't get one at Extreme Rules. We got an Extreme Rules for Dolph only match at Extreme Rules. But Drew, who's had a week to think of a stipulation for this match, 
and come up with something creative, something ingenious, something new, something we haven't seen before, something exciting, decides to go, instead of any of those things, decides to say, how about this time we just have a straight-up extreme rules match and we both can hit each other with whatever we want? Cool. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The very John Oliver, cool. Cool. So, uh, that's a very, what a unique stipulation, Drew. <sighs> Real quick, I'm going to jump in with some Super Chats. Line drive. Kyle st- dropped two bucks in to kick us off. Said BWO Tuesday, thick like Bronson mm. Reed. Mm, thick boy. <laughs> Damn, boy. It's a thick show today. Oh. It's so thick. It's meaty. Also, mm. Andy Jessup with a $5 Super Chat. Thank you very much, Andy. Is anyone Thank actually you, going to earn a title shot against Drew and demand one? You know, it's funny you bring that up, Andy, because that's kind of where my thinking was as well, is we did not really, other than Randy just coming out and going, you know what? I think I want a title shot. I'm better than The Rock. I'm better than Stone Cold. Blah, 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 all that. So we, we could have said this like weeks ago as Dolph was getting teed up, and it would have made sense for it to be, hey, after you're done with Dolph, I'm coming for your championship. That's you the know? only thing I think. That, here's the thing. That's the only thing I think they were missing here was. was just at least acknowledging maybe Dolph has a chance tonight, but they didn't have Randy do that. Randy's just like, yeah, I'm going to face Drew at SummerSlam. And, of course, Drew just straight up accepted uh, <laughs> as though we didn't have a match. But I don't have a problem with someone calling their shot, especially if there's someone who is legitimate. Bobby Lashley called his shot. He felt legitimate. Reigns is calling his shot now. He feels legitimate. Dolph had history with Drew and pissed him off into accepting that. You mean We're not, Randy, not like, Reigns. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> well, Reigns called his shot, too, when Goldberg was champ, oh, right? Fair. Fair. And it's what you do. Like, that's uh, wrestling throughout history. There's been, you know, calling out the champ. Do you not have a contender? How about me? And the champ can then say, yes, I believe you're worthy or no, I don't think you're worthy. And then you can create a whole storyline along if the person thinks they're worthy, pissing off the champ enough to give them that shot. So fu- that's, a, that's a trope. It's been around for a while. Fine. That's f- I don't mind that. But what I because it, it, do, it, it, it doesn't feel as arbitrary as it sometimes does. Sometimes it feels completely arbitrary. Roman Reigns being like, I'm next, felt arbitrary. It's like, okay, there's not a ton of people who want a shot at Goldberg right now, no. Um, I can see a lot of people, like, who else right now would feel like they're ready to go face Drew right now? Almost nobody on Raw feels like they're ready to challenge Drew, who hasn't already challenged him, like Lashley, for example. Right. You know what I mean? Randy's the only one. So when he just calls his shot, I don't fundamentally have a problem with that. No. It was just a lack of paying attention to the main event of the damn show, yeah, which and, we still had the, to and see. And the fact that he just, he just came out and said, you know, I, of all things I could do, I, I, we're just going to have a straight-up Extreme Rules match. You're Drew McIntyre. You could have yeah. said, I'm going to take you to the Highlands, and we're going to have a, an Atlas Stones match or something. We're going to have a Caber Toss match. We're going to have a Do Dolph Ziggler wears a, wears a kilt Scottish style in a WWE ring match and see how many times we have to use a little pixelation on your crotch. Like, this is the thing. There's a lot of things they could have done for this match. And the problem was is that stipulation was not interesting. But by God, those two guys went out there and put on a hellacious match. They did. And beat the crap out of each other. And it was actually, if you just took the match, if you go back in a few months and just Watch that match with nothing else around it 
and just say, hey, Drew versus Dolph in Extreme Rules match, it was a damn good match. We rave constantly about Dolph Ziggler being an amazing in-ring worker. And, and, and he, and he yeah. showed it, you know, even in extreme circumstances like this. And, and it's exactly like you said. If they had not painted this ugly Picasso of a portrait <laughs> around uh, th- this whole setup between him and Dolph Ziggler, it, it probably would have been a fantastic main event for a Raw. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, the, the, I, I'm upset when you go to the this, museum, the, they have this huge gaudy frame around the painting and like the lighting is really bad. And there's like some fat guy in the way who's just like munching on popcorn and like yeah. smearing himself. And you're, you can't pay attention to this beautiful painting because everything around it is just pissing you off. Yep. And that's kind of what this was. Yep. Um, obviously drew wins overcomes a low blow and some other moments where Dolph actually gets a little bit back. Uh, Claymore's Dolph through a table. One, two, three. Drew is going to go on and face Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Oh, God, all of a sudden we have one of those buttery, buttery, out of nowhere RKO's to RKO Drew. Randy stands tall with the title at the end of the show, and we're off to the races. Again, the only thing I have a problem with here was just how they set up this match with Drew, the, the underwhelming stipulation, and kind of just no not really giving any credence to Dolph winning this match, which none of us believed anyway because the guy hasn't won a world title in 10 years, even though he's challenged dozens of times for it. Um, I feel like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy with Dolph. I feel like it's a, it's a closed circle. They've booked Dolph in WWE to the point where he's useless yep. as a legitimate competitor useless he can talk a big game he can get out there on the mic he can go work a good match but no one's going to be invested in him no one's going to be interested in him because we don't believe he's a credible threat yeah because he never has been no no, i mean well i mean he got that money in the bank briefcase for the world championship the world title in the last alberto del Del rio 2012 something like that 13 maybe yeah and he's had various you know i'm so sorry he hasn't been a credible threat for seven or eight or nine or ten years (laughs) nick Excuse he had that amazing me. solo Survivor Series run where he sort of almost saved the day. You know, he's had yeah, he's yeah. had chances, but he hasn't because had there was a, because Roman was out yeah. and that was, or or he was standing for somebody else. Somebody else was supposed to have that spot. It wasn't supposed to be Dolph, and then they dropped that within a week. <laughs> Don't bring that up. <laughs> a terrible one too. Uh, another uh, super chat line drive. Thank you very much, Kyle, with Thank five you, Kyle. bucks. He says number one contenders match could at least let some young talent get over. Maybe put Black in there. Kevin Owens, both who need something to do. Well, we'll get to that. Mm. We'll get to Aleister Black a little bit later on the show. Um, there's the top of the card. They're looking for something to in- get people back into watching this. And Randy Orton is on right now, I think, one of his hottest streaks he's been on in forever. Yeah. Forever. Like, since maybe winning the Rumble and even before that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this might be his one of his best runs of all, maybe ever. I, I would actually agree. This is the whole this thing is with Edge going through the legend killer thing, bringing all of the revival of yeah. that. And then, you know, getting into this program with, for the title for, I think it's his 15th championship. If he wins, this would this be one. 14. This It'd would be 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, two, so, three more over the next three or four years. He, 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 he's got the record. Yeah. I don't know if they'll give him the record. I think just Cena stands a little bit taller than him. But we'll see. he's got plenty left in the tank, so who knows? But the point is, is he brings in the casuals. He's been around for so long. He's so popular. When he's as hot as he is right now, he will bring in the casual audience. They're looking at this as a ratings ploy as much as they are for having a big main event for SummerSlam. Randy versus Drew for SummerSlam is bigger than any up-and-coming wrestler they could have. Hell yes. They can have that, they can have that like young wrestler tournament in the fall 
or another point in the year, for SummerSlam, they have to have a big main event. That's the biggest main event I see on Raw. Very tasty. So I can't argue with that. No. Um, as far as the secondary title, we'll get to that. That's where you can have a lot more of the young up-and-coming guys, and that's where they are. So that, at least, I think they're doing right. As far as title changes, we got to talk about Sasha versus Asuka because Sasha Banks had another chance at Asuka this week. Any, anything changes the title. Like if you're counted out, if you're DQ'd, the title changes hands. Winner, winner takes the championship no matter what. It's not, there's no champion's advantage, right. which we said last week, Nick, shouldn't have made Asuka happy and shouldn't have made Sasha pissed off because all we did was take away champion's advantage. Yep. That's literally the only thing they did here. They said they took away champion's advantage. It actually made it more difficult because you have Bailey outside who cost Oscar the previous match. And if the if it if you can change hands on a DQ or a countout, Bailey now becomes an a, 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 an addition to Sasha's side. So it was already dumb booking coming into this. And then this we had another fantastic Sasha and Oscar match, just like the Drew and Dolph main event. If you took away everything else from around it, the match itself was fantastic. Um, and actually at one point we thought Oscar was going to get counted out. Yep. And then at the end, because Kyrie Sane had chased off Bailey at the beginning of the match, chased her in the back. And at the end, some executive in the back who's obviously got it out for Oscar put up on the Titan Tron video footage of Bailey kicking Kyrie Sane's ass backstage. Right as Oscar was preparing to put away Sasha Banks, she's looking up on the Titan Tron and watching her best friend get absolutely murderized. And then she has to decide between her championship and helping her friend. That's the drama. That's the story, at least we're being told. And she runs into the back to save Kyrie, which she does at the expense of her belt, which due to count out now goes to Sasha Banks. What did you think about the ending of this match, Nick? Stunned. Mm. Uh, speechless. Pissed off. Angry. Mm -hmm. Frustrated. Confused. Yeah, uh, Yes, is what I thought about all of it. Um, this is, this stood to be what, like, you couldn't hold out for one more month and keep building the program for these two and had them go back and forth at each other for another couple, three weeks till we get to SummerSlam and have this be a sort of big time match with those kind of stipulations at SummerSlam. You're, you're going to flip it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and think for one second that they're not going to have this as a match at SummerSlam. It, it, it's, uh, it's kind of writing itself on the wall. That Oscar's going to get another. She was screwed out of it. Somebody at Bailey attacks. She was Kyrie. furious backstage yeah. afterwards. She came out of the 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 trainer's room or the doctor's room and was crying and screaming and pissed off. And you know we know for real that Kyrie Sane is done with WWE. She's going back to Japan. Yeah, this was her send off. She said being sent out on an injury angle, which I thought was appropriate. She had a really wonderful final match where she won and then was sent out to put heat on Bailey. Great, all of that fine. Fundamentally understand that. Um. And having Asuka now be furious at Sasha, okay, cool, now we have, we do have some good meat here. Yeah. If they decide to go ahead and continue to have an Asuka and Sasha feud. If they do, this is a good stepping stone for that. And, and we're going to look back on this and say, okay, it felt shitty at the time and it felt like dumb booking. And it is kind of dumb booking if you look at the way that they set this up. It's stupid. Not a whole lot of logic. Yeah. But at the same time, if it does set us up to have more heat between Asuka and Sasha in the future, on that level, at least, it works. Yeah. You know who else didn't like it was Line Drive. Kyle with mm. 20 bucks in the Super Chat 
said this Sasha feud cost us Kyrie versus Asuka farewell, Shayna versus Asuka, and Bailey versus Sasha, and a full circle of the uh, May Young Classic having Shayna kill Kyrie. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, yep. Rage quit Raw over all this. Uh, uh, if I feel the hand of the Booker, it's not heel heat. It's fun that last, and thank you very much, yeah, by the way, Kyle. You, Kyle. Thank you for the twenty bucks, thank man. You. I appreciate that. That's and it's actually that last sentence. I think is the most relevant thing there. If we feel the hand of the Booker, and this definitely felt very, but it felt like they didn't know what to do at Extreme Rules. We do know that show was ripped up, and that that match finish at Extreme Rules was a last minute change. Yeah, it felt like they didn't know what to do then. They winged it and then came up with a better ending. And this should have been the ending at Extreme Rules because this would have been really powerful if we hadn't had the kind of dumb setup that we had for it. Um, and looking at what might have been, I try not to do that because if I get booked like the booking I want in my head and then they don't book that way, I get I get more mad more often than not. And yeah. that's not their fault. They got a story they're trying to tell. You know what I mean? I kind of have to go with that a little bit. Right. But if they tell that story stupidly, <laughs> that's when I get pissed off. I'm like, you could have see there were better, there were ways you could have done this better that weren't wouldn't have been so illogical and stupid. Uh, and I can think of a few of them, and some of them Kyle just mentioned. Yeah. If you're gonna go this way, you better be right. You know what I mean? And point. I see and I see what they were trying to do here. And they're not fundamentally wrong. Again, the things they're trying to accomplish with this, I think they accomplished a few of them. Unfortunately, I just think that match finish was so underwhelming, it pissed people off, obviously, and not in the way that they wanted because it did feel completely arbitrary. When are they going to stop doing Oscar dirty like this? You had her tap out immediately to Charlotte at Mania. When, I don't you know. You, know I, you had her do this count out BS with these stipulations. Like, I, I want Oscar to feel I'm, insurmountable, almost like Drew does. I, but I, here's the thing. I'm ready to let go of the Charlotte and Mania thing because they're giving the two of them a very obvious long program. So I'm willing to wait and see on that. Fine. Asuka has had an absolutely monstrous six months. Yep. She has been one of the biggest things in WWE since the beginning of this year. And they've built her as being dangerous as hell. They've actually, I think they've done a fantastic job with Asuka. And they didn't end this match. She had Sasha beat. They're keeping her strong here, and they're showing that she's a good person because she had to go leave to save her best friend. I don't think they're doing Asuka dirty here at all. I think they're making Asuka look like a million bucks. I feel like they're doing their product dirty mm, by having point. this kind of finish. Yeah. So I think everyone comes out of this, the character-wise, smelling like roses. Sasha seems like a dirty heel who didn't really win the title. Now we're mad at her for taking the title off of Asuka that she didn't earn. We're mad at Bailey for killing Kyrie, and we're cheering on Asuka because she went out to defend her friend. Unfortunately, it leaves a sour taste in people's mouths because it wasn't the best booking to get there. The storytelling to get there didn't feel good. It didn't feel right. And it left a bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah. So that's really where I'm pointing this, is saying they're doing the characters right, but they're doing the actions and the story wrong. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I, I, there's not much that I dislike about Os what Asuka has been through and has done uh, throughout the course of 2020. Um, anything from her just being crazy and screaming in Japanese, as I predicted would happen over a year ago, <laughs> two and, years and ago, wanted to happen. Uh, yeah. They finally they, because they listen. They, they you know they listen. <laughs> they uh, there is a particular super chat from Xander that I'm going to let you read because I believe that's directed your way. But I agree Probably. with you, Xander. Xander the Mander, Xander G, five bucks. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, he says I just watched Train to Busan off your guys' recommendation. It was phenomenal. Thanks. Cheers, brother. Glad you dug it. They have, a, they have actually a sequel coming up. 
I believe there's also a anime that they're doing based on it. There's a lot more Train to Busan coming. So if you dug it, stick around. It is it's one of the best zombie movies the last five years, hands yeah. down. It's so freaking good. Yeah. So glad you dug it, Xander. Uh, we also, uh, while I'm looking at Super Chats, Will James with the 10 bucks. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Will. He says, he says to me, this ending was better and can lead to way more story than Oscar losing clean, which I can't see any of us wanting. And he has a point. That is a fair point. That as a way of finishing this match, it makes Oscar look heroic to go save her friend. Uh, she didn't lose clean to Sasha. And as I said, that actually makes us pissed at Sasha because she, she still feels like an illegitimate champ. Again, it was the setup of having this be no champion's advantage um, and just not doing this extreme rules. It's like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. If you're going to do this, like, this is just a, the timing's wrong. You know, story yeah. beats and just you, the rhythm is all off. This is your, your, well, have you ever, did you see that when they took a uh, Toto? Africa and they like they down tuned it by like half a note and they offset the lyrics by like a beat and a half. Oh god, my head it's would explode. The, it's the worst thing. Like I was just sitting there screaming like oh god, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like listening to 30 seconds of that where I'm just like you guys had it. Why did you oh. I will recommend the one from Frog Leap though from a few years ago. Uh what? Leo over at Frog Leap Studios. Check out Frog Leap Studios on YouTube. Little plug. They, he did a metal remake of Toto's Africa. It's okay, really we're not supposed to be getting up on Toto's Africa no, here, no. but you go check out Frog Leap. Dominic. Dominic Mysterio uh, was due to be on the show. He had to give Seth a piece of his mind. And Seth was anticipating it, saying that he wasn't going to wait for Dominic to jump him backstage. He's going to head out to the ring with Murphy. Murphy was looking pretty freaked out by Seth because Seth, you know, pushed a man's eyeball out of his skull. Uh, on, on the recent Extreme Rules pay-per-view and vomited as a result. Let's not forget we had a puke spot in 2020 I'm WWE. Trying to it. Just please don't bring yeah. that back up. <laughs> my, my eyes are going to water again. And I'm, I just <laughs> had dinner. <laughs> and uh, so Seth said, we have to go to the ring and let's call out Dominic. So he did. He called out Dominic. And he said, uh, Dominic, come out. Let's, let's, let's work this out. Let's, let's, say, let's say we love each other and hug it out. And so he, come on, Dominic. Come on down. To the, come on, little buddy. Dominic comes out kind of sheepishly, walks down to the ring. Murphy, hold the rope for Dominic. And Murphy holds the ropes, and Dominic, Dominic's like, I'm not getting in through those ropes. Finally gets in the ring, and Seth's like, come on, buddy. Come on. Let's, let's, make, this, let's make this hole. Let's make this hole. Dominic goes like he's about to get a hug from Seth, and then he tackles him and takes him out at the legs and starts beating the crap out of him. And Murphy starts beating him, and then they start beating up Dominic. They start beating the crap out of Dominic until Alistair Black comes down to make the save. They forget about Dominic, start beating up Alistair Black, who's still injured on his arm. And Murphy, at one point, at the end of all of this, Seth says, Murphy, I need you to go poke out Alistair Black's eye the way I did to Rey Mysterio. And Murphy looks terrified. He's like, I can't, I, what? And Seth slaps him in the face and says, for the greater good, Murphy, are you in? Are you in for this? You know this man is done. He's beating you over and over again. Do it. Do it. And Murphy does it. Goes and pokes Alistair Black's eyeball on the ring steps. <sighs> Alistair's screaming. He's injured. Murphy's freaked out. I was vomiting. Nick was vomiting. Yes. Dominic comes out with a kendo stick, beats the crap out of Seth and, and Murphy. Beats the crap out of Seth and Murphy. Let me, let me under, I'll underline this. He beats the crap out of Seth and Murphy with the kendo stick. They both go scuttling up the ramp. Uh, and yeah, so we're left here. Dominic stands tall, avenges his dad, I guess, sort of. Alistair Black is injured. Murphy has sold his soul to Seth Rollins. Seth is still a creepy bastard who thinks that everything that he does is for the greater good. And later on, Murphy had a match against Humberto Carrillo, 
where he beat Umberto oh. and it was just a match. And it just, and like, there was almost nothing, like, Umberto didn't come out to save Alistair here. There was no reason for them to have the match later. They didn't, they didn't base anything on the actions of this segment. It was just a match between Who, Who's Murphy Umberto and, Carrillo? Exactly. Uh, apparently he was a Paul Heyman project and now he's just a guy. So I, I want you to eat some crow if Dominic comes out in a mask and challenges for the United States Championship soon. Okay, I'll prepare a crow, Nick. I ain't even crap. <laughs> Kyle over in the super chats, ten bucks, brother. Thank you, thank you. Ten dollars. He says uh, maybe it's just me, but Rollins in his current incarnation just feels like white noise to me. As I've heard him again and seen him do the same things over and over again, I can see that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Triple H giving the uh, authority promos at the beginning of every Raw for like four years there, where at a certain point you're like, uh, I know the cadence. Uh, I know what he's going to say. Uh, and I know what's going to happen uh, next. Uh. And Seth's kind of like that with these promos where like he's the character is so good and he gets the character so well and the, the nuances of it are so – and I, th- I thought what he was saying here was a bunch of great stuff. He was, he's creepy as hell. But they're having him talk so much in this character, and the storyline hasn't changed, that, yeah, you know what? You're right. It's feeling monotonous. It's feeling like the same old thing. They need to get him away from what they've been doing and find something new to put this very cool character in. Yeah. That's a very cool, creepy character right now, and his relationship with Murphy is cool and creepy. But we've seen it in this feud. It's done. Move it on. Let's see a different aspect of it, a different side of it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I, I know what you mean, and the super chats are blowing up, so I got to catch up. Andy has okay. an idea. Two bucks. Thank you, Andy. He says Dominic goes full Sandman. Yes, kendo stick and beer in what? hand, smashing him over his head. <laughs> Let's I thought go. He was gonna, I thought he meant he was going to crucify Seth on a on barbed wire cross or something. Well, and I'd be like, I mean, I'm there for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. You know, I'd sign up for that. <laughs> Done. Thank you very much, Andy. Also, Kyle again. Oh, no, you read that one. Never mind. Yes, I did. Uh, thank you again, Kyle. Uh, Jacob, $5 yes. super chat says, give Dominic an MLB contract. That boy was swinging. He was swinging Woo. that stick. Crow stepping into it, winding up. My goodness. <laughs> boy was hitting bombs. Braun Strowman was in the back going, that's my boy. Yeah, yeah so no, that was, that was good stuff. I, and there was aspects of this that were good. Again, I think Seth, Seth is good and creepy, but I agree. It's, let's move on. Um, We've got to get past the eye gouging thing. We've got to get past the Rey Mysterio story and Aleister Black, and they need to do something else. But it's got to do something. It's got to kick into another gear. I worry we're going to get more Rey and Seth because Rey hasn't signed his contract yet. Yeah. And they're saying he's going to recover from the gouged eye. Is he going to recover by SummerSlam? What's, I mean, what are we going to do with this for SummerSlam? Uh, We can't possibly survive in this little SummerSlam. Yeah, we can. Dominic Seth. Dominic that's Seth. That's your summer. Okay, we're talking about Randy and Drew being a big draw, a big, big match. Dominic versus Seth if I crawled, is your idea? If I crawled through Vince's ear canal into his head and could like read his brain, I'm already seeing we're going to do Dominic's revenge eye for an eye match, and Seth is going to lose an eye this time. <sighs> Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no. You know what the... Oh, <laughs> God. Don't do the, that, Vince. Mick Foley uh, presented an opportunity. He said, how about we have an ear versus an ear match? I'll be the special guest referee. Bang, bang! (laughs) Sure. How about a leg versus a leg match? Zach Gowan's the ref. How about that? 
So, no, this is... I'm ready for this to be done. I don't want any more Ray and Seth. Move on. Have Seth do something fresh and new. Hopefully, this was just at the end of this. But if Ray signs that contract, we might be looking at SummerSlam. As far as Aleister Black, according to rumors, he's going to be out for a few weeks. What they have intended for him, I don't know. But at this point, I really do want them to hit a hard reset on him. Keep him out for a couple of months. Have him come back in as the evil warlock or good warlock. I don't care. Put some mystique back on the man's name. Uh, right now, he's been a goon for the last three months. Come, have him come back out and have Vince go completely like cartoony, undead wizard on him. I don't care. Yes. But bring him back. Refresh the man. If, if that's what the plan is, we're having him out for injury and he comes back in a while, I'm fine with him being off TV. Yep. Because he's kind of been, they've kind of been doing nothing with him. Yep. So, um, so yeah, that was pretty much, that's pretty much all of that. Uh, let's go talk about the tag team division, Nick, a favorite punching bag of you, uh, of yours on raw. We had a number one contenders match, Viking Raiders versus, uh, Cedric and Ricochet. The fly boys now, apparently. Okay. Versus Garza and Andrade, uh, and street profits. We're running. Uh, they were. They were on commentary. A very entertaining commentary, I might add. Yes. Uh, they also did the ring announcing, which was also very entertaining. <laughs> they're very. They're very entertaining yes, guys. Yes, they are. Um, that being said, this match, while entertaining, I, th- I thought everyone brought their A game. It was a very fun match. <sighs> the winners were Andrade and Garza. Fairly clean because your boy Ivar, uh, your your final form, Nick. Yes. Came off the top turnbuckle, doing a senton to the outside, and everybody that was on his side, <laughs> leaving uh, Garza Andrade. We, we to, need to talk. Yeah, leaving Garza Garza Andrade to pick up the pieces inside the ring, get the win, and they're now number one number one contender to the Street Profits, even though they just lost to them like a week ago, straight up, straight up lost to them. Apparently now but the they story is on the same page. They're right. They're not, they're not on the same page. Now we've seen Viking Raiders versus uh, Street Profits recently. We haven't seen Cedric and Ricochet. That would have been intriguing, but it would have been face versus face. So they kept with the heel versus face dynamic. There's a story they're trying to tell with Garza and Andrade. Is that enough for you to care about this match that's coming up at SummerSlam in three weeks? A, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've we might have pulled the trigger on this a little bit too. Like we've decided the number one contenders now. And we're still almost a month out from SummerSlam. I uh, wouldn't have done it that quick. I mean, give it a couple more weeks. Have a couple. You've got four teams here. Have a couple more matches. You know, have some other stipulations and things like that. But I'm not mad at Garza and Andrade being the number one contenders and most likely taking the Raw Tag Team Championships off of the Street Profits at SummerSlam. That sounds like a good a good bit on the card. I'm I'm down with that. What are we going to do for the next three to four weeks, though, leading up to it? I don't know. Because that's the problem with establishing this this early, is now we've got to now we've got to tread water for almost a month. So yeah, I'm not mad at Garza and Andrade um, being the number one contenders. I'm I'm over the moon about it. I think it's fantastic. They they've been telling this. We've called it LIWWE for the better part of the year. <laughs> Well, we did back when it was an actual stable. Now it's just right. a tag team. Well, I mean, the only difference was Austin Theory. So now it's right, still right. That's a stable. Of, this right. is a tag team. Okay, fine. <laughs> that now it it's just it still feels a little bit like the same, 
that it was in the beginning, but they've gone through a bit of an evolutionary step, and they've come, they've grown apart, and they've come back together, and now they're stronger yeah. together. I mean, it, it's storytelling. I get it. We've I'm been, on board. We've been treading it. water. I yeah. think, but I think that you know, having this be established this far in advance actually gives us a couple of weeks to build something. Now they might just have us do a couple of freaking singles matches to get there. There might they might not know how to book actual matches to get this heated up, but this does actually mean that we now have some time to tell the story of Andrade and uh, Angel getting ready for Street Profits and hopefully taking the belts off of them because I'm ready for a change there. Yeah. Uh, shake something up. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful about this. I'm like, uh, if they're going to do it now, it means, to me, they might have something planned. Um, so, some sort of story of the next few weeks. I really hope so because if this ends up being just three weeks of... No, we'll trade singles matches setup matches. The yeah, then that's terrible. Then, then, yeah, then that's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, I would love to see... Something like Angel, like they reveal that Bianca Belair is really Montez's wife. They haven't really done that yet. But if you reveal that, you have Angel start hitting on her and creating some friction there. It's something where you add more grist to it. You add a little bit more heat. You add, you throw a little, some peppers, some peppers in this gumbo. Bring it on. Bring it up. But then Charlie Caruso's going to be mad and she's going to want to be involved. And everybody, so she's so jacked, she's going to mess everybody up. She's got someone going on with Ivar too. See? Well, yes. Great. Yes, uh, exactly. Dog Ziggler was just excited that Kyle dropped yet another 10 bucks in the Super Chat. Thank you so oh much, dude. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Thanks for pointing that out, Dog Ziggler. He says, well, speaking of which, shout out to Garza giving Charlie the vapors on Raw Talk. A side note, if I hear Garza and Andrade not on the same page again, I'll scream, especially since it does show on TV for a month. Yeah, I, stop trying to tell that story about they're not yeah. on the same page because all you do is make us think that they're just going to turn on each other at some point. You're going to do Sasha Bailey 2.0 kind of thing, and, and we don't well, need that. Well, the, and they're also kind of subtly trying to say, well, maybe they're not like they weren't on the same page. That's why they lost the Street Profits. So maybe they won't beat them at SummerSlam. But it's a long way to just be telling that story. That's a long way. And I agree with him. I loved Garza. The, the Garza and Charlie story with a little bit of Ivar in there is fun. That's window dressing that I can get behind because it is, it is entertaining, and they're having a good time with it, and they're performing it well. You know, and also anytime that you have Angel Garza coming in there to uh, seduce your ladies, uh, you've got my attention. As as we all know, like that's been our favorite thing since since uh, since NXT. So Th this coming from the guy that liked the Lana Lashley wedding, I did not like the Lana Lashley wedding. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, get I know Dog Ziggler. Ziggler. I know, I'm sorry. I'm just Ziggler. messing with get him. Get him. Tell him. Tell him. <laughs> tell him the truth of things. Good grief. Uh, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali had a nice big comeback last week with the Flyboys, getting a nice victory over Lashley and the Hurt Business. This week he came out at MVP's VIP lounge where he and MVP traded barbs and uh, ultimately ended up in a match between Ali and Lashley where all kinds of shenanigans were happening. It wasn't just a match. We also had R-Truth who talked to Ali backstage and called him Mufasa. <laughs> That's original. Uh, R-Truth came out and tried to jump Shelton. Benjamin get his 24-7 title back that didn't work out he was chased off Akira Tozawa tried to get Shelton at one point that didn't work the ninjas all showed up in the middle of the match they all got murdered including one who I'm pretty sure was Malcolm Bivens um, Stokely Hathaway he took a absolutely nuts uh, Lashley got him in a fireman's carry and then hit him on the head on the ring post and sent him spinning around like a helicopter um, I don't know if you'd call that a, like a it's not an F5. It's like an F dead. Right. I don't know what you'd call that. It, it's called mm. manslaughter. 
<laughs> well, also manslaughter was Ali having a nice babyface comeback, only to get caught eventually in the full Nelson. And he tapped out pretty much immediately to Bobby Lashley. So welcome back, Ali. You're just another guy. Yep. Um, hey, where'd the hacker that, gimmick go? Where? <laughs> yeah, right. Same. My goodness. Same place that Mark, Mark Henry's son, the hand went. Uh, so what do you, did you feel like this was the beginning of a babyface push for Ali or was this just establishing that the Hurt Business are dominant heels and we're leaving it at that. This is just a way to kill time until Apollo gets back. Yes. The latter of the two. The, mm. all, this was, did, this did no favors for Ali other than getting a TV time paycheck. Mm. You know? Which, you know, after seven months, thank God he's got that at least. Well, fair, but this this is all, like, I still think MVP and the Hurt Business stuff that's circling Lashley and him are the best thing on Raw right now. And this, you're not going to come and, like, one-up that with Ali. Sorry. It's not hmm. going to happen. So, in, you, in Ali's position here, he was there to basically put over uh, Lashley. Lashley in the right. whole Nelson. Just be be that little you know, flexible ragdoll that he can be yeah, and just get rip, whipped around while Lashley's got him in the full Nelson. Be the, be basically the, the enhancement talent, be the victim, you know, writ, writ, are <laughs> <laughs> we going candy man now? Be my victim. Uh, we, he was. And then we did ricochet before this, right? You get a smaller guy like, or, or a Dolph Ziggler, if you want a smaller guy to get ragdolled around and sell to the bigger, scarier guy, put him over. And all it does is keep her business hot until Apollo comes back. Yeah. Now, it makes me wonder what they're going to do with Apollo when he gets back. Or if this is actually a build for Ali to have something to fight upwards on and he gets into the U.S. title picture. I would like that. I was not convinced that was the plan after this segment, though. No. They gave him a nice little spot on TV. They let him talk a little bit. They let him make fun of, of MVP. But they've done that before with Ali. And they've done that before with Ricochet. And they've done that before with guys who, who get this position. They make him look like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a plucky baby face, and the heels just beat him down on their way to bigger, better things. So very nervous about Ali in this situation and the fact that they didn't even trust fans to be invested in the match enough, and they kept throwing other things in the middle of it to keep people entertained kind of underlined that for me. Yeah. And finally, Nick, your favorite segment of the show, Nia Jax. Your girl, Nia Jax, is back, Nick. She's what back. Was, what was with her and her coming out? while Randy's walking up the ramp. They've been doing that lately. They've been crossing her segments to keep you like, don't go anywhere. And up next, Nia Jax, what's she going to do? So that was their way of, of, of I feel keeping like that might have been out. a lost opportunity to have been, some sort of shoulder hit or something like that. and Just have apparently Randy they, RKO her right there on the ramp. Again, apparently they forgot and we that, that we know that Randy RKO'd Nia at one point and they didn't want to reference that. Once I was in the going, rumble. Do it again, Randy. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Randy. Do it right there on the ramp. Do it. Yeah. Do it, Randy. The one time I'll ever say Randy Orton, do it. <laughs> you don't want Anyway, Nia Jax gets in the ring, and who should come out to get? She says, I took out Charlotte Flair. I, I'm deserving of all these things. Uh, you do her Valley accent better than I do, Nick. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh. Uh, Buckle Fry Valley. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that I haven't got a title shot. <laughs> I'm still coming out to this ring and having to say to everyone, I'm the best. Uh, and I'm going to keep talking until I get 
interrupted. And she does get interrupted by Shayna Baszler's music. Shayna comes out, Ugh. gets in her face. They have a scuffle. And later on the night, they have a match, which was about three minutes long because they started beating each other up in the ring. Uh, end up going outside of the ring. Nia's throwing Shayna all around and forgets that, oh, you know, there's a count going on. And we have a nice little count out. And then a pull-apart brawl at the end where they're both choking out security and WWE staff. And Nia stands tall in the ring afterwards, keeps pushing Shayna out of the ring. I have to say Nia looked dominant in this segment as compared to Shayna. Nick, are you... I'm worried that Shayna is being set up here to be fodder for Nia and not the other way around. Mm, well, let's talk about that feel? for a second. How do you feel? Uh, first, Kyle with another five bucks in the super chat. Thank you, sir. Says Naya has no business being competitive with Shayna, and I guess she knows that since she preemptively deleted her Twitter. I didn't know that Naya Jax deleted her Twitter. Probably the best thing she could have done. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean that's oh. awful. Um. I agree with Kyle here. There, she, there is absolutely no re- I feel bad for Shayna. First of all, you're coming out hot, biting the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch on the neck, having getting into a feud with her. Whatever the hell get, that was. Then you get bottomed out and, and disappeared. Ugh. And now you're coming back to get beat down outside the ring and counted out by Nia Jax. Ugh. Did she piss somebody mm. off? Yeah, Vince. Why? Uh, he wasn't impressed by her. He didn't, doesn't get her, apparently. All right. So that's why I'm worried about this. If this is a way to get Shayna over and make her look dangerous because she's able to take out Nia Jax, who, you know, they, they say they present Nia Jax as being like the big show. Because she's big, she's dangerous. And, having, and this right here made her look dangerous. Now, if Shayna's able to come back and beat her, they have to run the risk of Shayna becoming a face by doing so. Which I wouldn't be mad at. No. Be a new look. But uh, especially if Sasha retains the title and we're looking at Shayna versus Sasha, which I also wouldn't, wouldn't be mad at, um, put that in my eye holes. But if this is just a way to make Nia strong so we can have Nia versus Sasha down the line, no. N- no. Put that evil away. Put it back on the shelf. Close the cupboard and hide it. We don't want that. No. So I'm right now, Nick. Hashtag skeptically optimistic, but this is a program to make Shayna look good, even though in this particular segment, she did not. So I'm waiting to see. But overall, Nick, let's look at this Raw. Was this an underwhelming Raw, do you feel? Like, do you feel like they were going in the wrong direction with certain things and like, it just, it felt uneven? Was it just me? No, it was, it was a little all over the place and I, it opened hot. I was really excited about it when I started watching. I had to watch late last night. Sorry, I missed you guys in Discord. Um, but I, I came in right as it was finishing and started. And, and I got really excited. I saw some of the chatter towards the end of the show, and it was basically everybody losing their minds. And I was like, nope, nope, no spoilers. Don't want to see anything. So I just went and watched, and I'm like, what are they talking about? This Randy segment's amazing. This is going to be a great Raw. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Nia came out, and you were like, ah, uh, and, and then and, and right after Randy, Nia came out, and I just went, oh, no. I ruined it for you. <laughs> you know what I did? I went, oh, that's what I did. <laughs> Oh man, I believe it. Yes, I, I, I have buttons. a bleep button now, guys. I need, I need that. I need one of those two over here. <laughs> Half the show would be bleeps. Uh, let's line drive in the chat again. Thank you, sir. Five bucks. He Dude. says, I'm beginning, "I'm beginning to notice a pattern with Vince, where he only pushes NXT stars as the opposite of what they got over with. Sammy heel, Kyrie heel, Shayna face." 
I mean, he's kept some of them the same. Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. He's kept some of them the same. Finn Balor was a face when he got called up at first. Kevin Owens has flip-flopped as many. Are you kidding? He's he been came heel up as a face heel. more times than anybody in the last five years. He came up as a heel for a long time. Nearly two years he was a heel. He didn't turn face for a long time. What are you talking about? The face We're talking of, about when people come WWE up from NXT. And the U.S. title and all that stuff? The face of SmackDown? When he was the, the universal champion that he took for, like, he was, got after Finn Balor dropped it, and he was a universal champion for two years? What are you talking about, dude? I don't remember. My point, yeah, I know. My point being that it's not everybody who flips. Um, <laughs> yeah, Drew and Bobby Roode, those are good examples of where yeah. he flips them. Yeah. No, he mostly does flip him. Well, because Vince has a thing where it's got to be his idea. He doesn't want to put over other people's ideas. There's a famous, uh, the, the famous quote from Jim Ross where everyone proposed to, to Vince that Shawn Michaels come out at the top of the Royal Rumble, and they had to propose it to Vince as he comes out. I think it was first, and Vince was like, no, he comes out second. And that way it's his idea. Like, Shawn still comes out at the top of the Royal Rumble, <laughs> But he's like, no, 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 it can't be first because that's what everyone else said. It's got to be second. So that is, a, that is a very much a Vince thing is find his own little ricochet. Kept him entirely the same except for Kapwing. Let's make him a superhero. Vince has got to put his own spin on it. His own, own spin. Yeah, I was mostly let down. I, I, I'm kind of halfway skeptically optimistic, excited about the card as it's lining up for SummerSlam so far. I think that's, that's setting up to be a pretty decent show. Um, but I, I, this Raw, they didn't yeah. do themselves any favors this week. No, and I, I, yeah, some of the booking has definitely become a little bit awkward. Meh. Awkward. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Nick, there's also a place across the pond where people are having some controversial opinions oh. on their current booking because they took some big chances. And, of course, I'm referring to New Japan. Sengoku Lord. Yes. Oh, Sengoku. Oh, uh, listen. If, if you guys watched Dominion oh. and you watched the fallout uh, between uh, after Evil and the fallout between him and Hiromu and the, the breakup of, of LIJ to an extent uh. and that uh, just the strife there and you were not excited about what we were going to get at Sengoku Lord, by God. Mm. The, Hiromu. Again, Hiromu went out and attempted to murder his neck. Hiromu versus Evil. Oh. Uh, and he attempted to murder his neck. He yeah. attempted to murder Evil, too. But, of yes. course, the Evil era is characterized by ref bumps and interference from Dick Togo, which, of course, is basically what we had in this match, which pisses off New Japan purists. I know it does. Uh, the one year that, that Bullet Club just could not stop uh, interfering in, every, in each other's match in the G1. Everyone was so mad. But of course, the that final was story brilliant. was brilliant. It was great. It was just it was it was such good heel stuff. And then of course, they ultimately got disqualified from the G one. So everything came around. I have a feeling that's the, that's the long term story here with Evil as well. But Hiromu, you know, trying to re revenge himself on Evil for his big brother Naito's loss, uh, did not work out. Ended up getting the Garrett from Dick Togo, eating a couple of finishing moves and getting put down by Evil. Um, I got to say, this match picked up towards the end. They're definitely working more evil's pace at the beginning of this match, which is fine, except when you're working with a guy like Hiromu, who is just, you know, lightning. He's, he's dynamite. Um, you're sitting there, like, waiting for it to explode. <laughs> and at a certain point, you're like, come on! Like a come on. time bomb. 
like a yes, you're waiting like a time bomb. Unfortunately, it never quite went off, and Hiromu did get put down by evil. He was a bastard. Um, <laughs> Kyle in the chat said Dick Togo took Dick Heel in his suit way too literal. Agreed. Dick, Dick in his suit. That's a hell of a suit he was wearing, too. Yeah. Uh, that was Kyle. not all at Sengoku. We, we definitely we know that uh, Naito and Evil have a rematch coming up sometime uh, later on, probably at Summer Struggle on, 20, on the 29th of August. That's probably been the main event there. Uh, so they're building towards. We also had Shingo defending his never open weight belt against Desperado. Desperado had been holding onto the belt for a little while now, and he'd stolen it. Shingo wanted it back. Almost lost his leg in the in the process, but ultimately puts down Desperado. I don't know who they're going to get to face Shingo. They built him up really big right now. I don't know. I don't know who's out there who can take him down. Yeah. Um, but I'm 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 here to see it because he's having amazing matches. Uh, and then also we'll surprisingly. Also play. Uh, oh, will they get Will back? We'll get that, uh, was it, uh, Super Juniors last year. <sighs> that match. But he come, will, comes, will comes back all jacked, so he's yep. Shingo's size now. Yep. <laughs> put Nick. it in my holes! Put it in both of, <laughs> put it in every one of my holes. Wait a minute. Hello! Also, this is something that you will never hear anyone say often. Okada kind of stunk it up. Okada did not have a good match. It wasn't, it, again, it's for... Okada. It wasn't a bad match. It was just kind of there. But he had a match against Yujiro Takahashi, who's just not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to put this on Okada. On that I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got to cut in on you. This is not Okada. That's not an Okada. This, this is a Takahashi problem, not an Okada yeah. problem. Okada even said, "Come up to my level." Uh, in an interview beforehand, and and Yujiro just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> he just couldn't. So this was kind of there. It was in the mid card, but. Okada did say afterwards he's not really interested in the big titles, but he's interested in rebelling a little bit, doing something a little bit different. And he mentioned something about strange stipulations. Mm. What could that possibly be? Did well, it? I have an answer for you. Oh, okay. I have an answer. In case you're wondering, people out there, we do have an answer to what Okada was possibly referencing. Uh, and that is that we're having the Summer Struggle Tour goes for most of August and it ends up at the end of August on the 26th and 29th. Um, starting the, the, we've already had a couple of summer struggle shows, but, uh, we're going to summer struggle number four this Friday, which has got a nice card to it. The, the head match, the headlining match is Minoru Suzuki versus Yuji Nagata. Minoru has promised to execute Yuji, uh, Yuji. And this is after a 20 year feud between the two. So if you watch them recently during the cup, you know, they, they, they like to beat the crap out of each other, Nick. Yeah. Those chops. I, I felt they those chops just, all the way over in the U S you're going to watch a couple of grandpas try to kill each other, basically. Ugh. And it's going to be beautiful. Yes. A uh, bunch of tag matches as well on that card. But I'm, I'm here for, for murder grandpas. I'm there for that. But that's, that's a, this Friday. Uh, and then goes through, as I said, to the 26th and 29th. The 26th will actually be a special show where they will uh, do the setup for what they're calling the King of Pro Wrestling Championship. And it's a new championship they're coming out with. And on the 26th, there will be eight wrestlers, four singles matches, and the winners of those matches will then go on to a fatal four-way on the 29th on the big summer struggle show at Jingu outside. First time they've ever been there. Mm -hmm. And this, the, the trick about this is in each one of those matches, all the wrestlers will propose a stipulation for the match. So each of the four singles matches, the two wrestlers will propose a stipulation, the fans will then vote on which of those two stipulations they want to see in that match. 
Hmm. Yeah. Where so have that I, where that, have I heard King of Pro Wrestling before? I feel that's been the name of something. Yeah, well, that's King of Sports. They've done King of Pro Wrestling, but they've done like they've used that title before. But oh, it's, okay. it's yeah. Um, but this also is also the same week as SummerSlam, by the way. How about that? Fun fact. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. What do you know? It's like it's a special week or something. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the winner of that Fatal Four Way is then the King of Pro Wrestling champ, but does not get a belt or title, but has to defend it for the rest of the year. And anytime that they defend it, there's a special stipulation voted on by the fans. The winner. Rider trucks, is, barbed wire, and light tubes. That's, they, that's yeah, I vote. wonder. I mean, we could go back to like, you know, early 2000s, New Japan, and get some uh, death matches, some exploding death matches in this. Yes. Uh, that would be interesting. But whoever is the current King of Pro Wrestling champion at the end of the year gets a trophy, and then it resets, and we have another tournament, and it goes on again. So I have the feeling that's where Okada is headed mm. over to King of Pro Wrestling. Not mad so, at it. Let's, let's let the man do something all. different. He's been top of that pr uh, promotion for like eight years now, six, seven years now. And it gives a whole bunch of dudes. They've got a ton of big talent in New Japan. This gives a bunch of them something to do for 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 actual stakes here, as opposed to just going for what are right now two unified titles. So this could be like this could slot into where the IC title used to be. I need, so I think it's I think it's smart. It is smart. And Sildozer, I think, wins the night because I need a guy now that's just over on the side of my room that just randomly yells out, Eye for an eye match. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly. What would, what would New Japan do if the fans voted for an eye for an eye match? Oh my god. Oh God. <laughs> I'll tell you, they'd probably get it right, is what they'd do. They would. They'd actually uh. remove someone's eyeball. <laughs> I wonder if they could get PCO over there. I don't know. Don't, don't tell Minoru and Yuji that's a thing. They might actually tear out each other's eyes. Who knows? <laughs> At any rate, New Japan looking very good right now. Uh, so that's all coming up. That looks like an exciting summer coming up for New Japan. Stick around for this Friday for that Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki match. But, Nick, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while here, and that's go and talk about Impact Wrestling. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, and I have to say, I will admit full disclosure right here that after the Tessa and Sammy stuff uh, last year, yeah, I dropped out. I, I kind of I fell off. I, mm -hmm. I, I would catch reruns of stuff every now and then of old throwback TNA stuff or something over on Twitch from time to time. But that was that was it. Um, and I, I like a lot of people, from what I understand, Snuck in, slept on, and snuck in the back door of Slammiversary and was like, oh, wow, this, this is actually really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad I paid 40 bucks to watch this. This was, damn, this was really good. And it just kept getting better throughout the entire show. And I'm looking forward to being encouraged and motivated to have even more wrestling to watch now. Well, and what's, what was smart is that they had so many eyes on them and they had an opportunity on their next uh, weekly show to put on a show that people would then see and become invested in. It was a great jumping off point. And I feel like they landed the plane. This was a really good show that set up a lot of feuds. Uh, it established a lot of characters. If you hadn't found out who the characters were, they got a ton of people on TV. Uh, and, and a lot of people that you would recognize if you've never watched Impact before. They spread out all that WWE talent across the entire show. So uh, people that you might know from before, people that are interacting with people that you might have never seen if you never watched Impact. So it was a very smartly booked show, um, including a rematch 
from uh, Slammiversary, Chris Bay retained again against Willie Mack. He's now calling the X Division Championship the Finesse Division Championship, nice. uh, which is great. Chris Bay had, a, again, a character you might not know if you never watched Impact, but you now know you know who he is, and you're looking forward to watching people face off with him. So that was smart. Um, you even had Madison Rain when there was a tag match between uh, Havoc, Nevaeh, and Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele, so a women's tag match, which was actually a lot of fun um, <laughs> because Havoc ate a chair shot and gave a pile driver anyway. I, I loved that where she just didn't, she's no sold a chair shot. It wasn't not a very good chair shot, but. Um, yeah, but it's Jessica it, Havoc. She's, she can, that, that's, that's kind of her was MO, great right? about it. Uh, Madison Rain was teasing the fact they might bring back the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Oh, really? They have a big enough women's division, they might be able to pull that off. So that's intriguing right there. I hope. Um, on the top of the card, you've got Eddie Edwards, your new champion, saying he's going to have an open challenge, maybe taking a, a, a page from Cody's book, who's having a lot of su success with that over on AEW. Um, but meanwhile, you've got Eric Young coming in and saying, you know, you're basically you're holding on to that title till I want it. So if anyone who's a fan of Eric Young back in TNA, anyone who remembers him from WWE is going to see that and be like, cool, I'm getting a new match every week from the champ. But ultimately, I know that he's going to be facing someone that I know. And they have time now to evolve the Eric Young character and show us who he is now. So that's smartly booked there as well. You've also got Moose, who's the TNA champion, um, who's been kind of more on the comedic side. I feel like they're going to send him back into being, you know, big lug territory because he's saying he doesn't want to defend it against anybody. Um, and especially not EC3. So he has a match with Falaba, beats him, and then gets beat up by EC3 after this. So you know we're heading towards EC3 and Moose, mm. which is also great. Love it. And I like that EC3 is kind of like this dark Punisher character now, whatever you want to call it. So he's, I think he's going to bring Moose back over to the serious side of things. And we're going to legitimize this championship by possibly putting it around EC3's waist. So also good stuff there. Yep. Uh, Will, or sorry, uh, yeah. Kyle with the super chat, five bucks. Thank you, sir, says, I have to say... The advertising of Wrestle House on this show is the most brilliant idea they had on their show, uh, introducing all of their characters. Love it. Yeah, and that was the that was the thing is that, you know, everybody who wasn't involved um, in something else, they had they had Rosemary and Johnny Bravo uh, in their in their in a like a rental house or something, um, and just like a like a funny little segment, and then Tyus shows up so that we turn into a party. Kylie Ray appears, and then the Deaners, um, Alicia Edwards, Crazy Steve, John Swinger, Susan, I'm trying to remember who all showed up. Basically, everyone else showed up. <laughs> and they were joking, hey, we're all going to start a, a reality show called Wrestle House. And it's just going to be chaos and all kinds of craziness and blah, blah. That's a great idea. Okay, you're going to take every character that doesn't really have anything going on and make kind of a fun little segment out of it. Why not? Yeah. Let them show off who they are while you have all those other programs. Okay, cool. It's so yeah, Big I agree. Brother, it was but with wrestling, and it was entertaining as hell. <laughs> like this, I could see how on paper it could go either way. Yeah. No, in in practice, it worked out and it was fun. Nice. And that's before we even get to the Good Brothers. Gallows and Anderson show up. Um, they they call Gallows the greatest big man in the world. They call Anderson the greatest wrestler in the world. So they're obviously coming out <laughs> big swinging. They're probably going to go over to New Japan at some point. But for right now, they're going to have a little feud with Ace Austin. And Madman Fulton, who come out and knock the beers out of their hands and like, okay, we get it. You guys came at us at Slammiversary. You're coming at us now. Cool. 
that's a good start for them. Have a, 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 a nice big team they can work with. One big guy uh, and a mean guy. That's, that's a good, I think that they're going to have some good matches there. That's a good start for them. Nice. Uh, Deanna Perazzo came out to say, that's right, I'm the champ. No one can touch me. Uh, I, I pulled um, uh, Jordan Grace's shoulder out of her socket. So she can't get a rematch. So I'm the champ. Ha ha. At which point, of course, Kylie Ray comes out and says, oh, no, I'm actually the number one contender. So, yeah, you have to deal with me. They brawl. That's going to be a great feud as well. Um, RVD and KB, Katie Forbes are ending cancel culture. They're going back to beating themselves. Katie Forbes is like, I'm going to be naked next week and you all can watch. Yada, 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 yada. Heath Slater is there. He's trying to sneak in. <laughs> that, that's, oh, sorry, Heath, just Heath. He can't use his last name anymore. He made a point of saying that. He's trying to sneak in. So they have a whole angle where he's trying to get in and Rhino's supposed to be helping him, but Rhino missed him this week because he was busy killing Hernandez. They were supposed to have like an arm wrestling match, but he ended up goring Hernandez instead, took the money. So I don't know if they're trying to undermine Rhino and Heath's relationship and possibly end up in a feud, which would be cool, or what the plan is. But uh, I'm not, or if they have, have him as a tag team. Either way, I'm not mad. No. I didn't, I didn't know that Heath was going to be this entertaining. I'm down. Fantastic. And finally, Nick, we've got to talk about the big thing that happened on the show. The tag titles changed hands. The North have been your champions for a long, long time, but they are your champions no longer because the Motor City Machine Guns showed up and beat them. Mm. What did you think about this? Was, is this the right time for that? Should they have done it for anniversary or like how? How? What are your feelings on, on Motor City Machine Guns slipping in and winning the titles? I think it's okay. They're really hot right now. There's a lot of people that are excited. They've they're back. Um, we've also got the Good Brothers. Uh, we've also got Gallus and Anderson now uh, back in there. So, I mean, we need yep. some more. Let, let's make sure that it, it's smart by impact to start building all of the things that people are hyped up about. That's what I'll give them credit. People are really hyped up about Motor City Machine Guns. People are really hyped up about the Good Brothers. At, eventually, do they end up going at each other? Uh, who knows? But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm here for that kind of stuff. I, I think the North have had it for so long now that people had – basically forgotten they existed the the tag titles existed and now that we've got some hyped up new tag teams that are rolling in let's make the tag titles important and relevant let's and be and, exciting yeah yeah be exciting again so yeah Agreed. i'm not mad at this and i don't think it made the north look bad at all again like you said they've had it for so long uh, machine guns are super hot everyone's freaking out about them right now yeah. um so it makes sense to make them the champs i think and especially if you're trying to bring, bring back lapsed fans that's one more thing they're doing right. Yeah. So across the board, a very good impact episode. I think, I think they landed the plane from Slammiversary very well. They're off to the races. They did about 150000 on Access TV, which is far and away the biggest number on Access TV. Like they are the biggest show on Access TV by a long shot. Yeah. So good for them. And uh, we'll be keeping up on impact. Can we, um, can we wrap about the Good Brothers for just a second? Okay. Not too long. Uh, they've I been, said a hip hop, a hippie to the hippie to hip hip hop. What? No. Oh, you meant talk. Oh, God. Yeah, no, yes. Go ahead. No. Sorry. They've been doing the, uh, the the bit of a media tour lately. And uh, the most recent one that I saw was they were on Chris Van Vliet, uh, who I thought was directly affiliated with AEW now. But apparently no, he's, he's still, still independent. He's, he's still, still independent. independent. So he had an interview with Gallows and Anderson after they did their Talk and Shop podcast. And we uh, uh, the the talking shop of mania that they're I guess a backyard pay per view they're they're putting together or uh, or ran 
anyway, the point I was trying to get at was there was a lot of stuff in the Chris Van Vliet interview that was yeah. sort of a follow-on to the Talk and Shop episode where they basically did a tell-all of everything. And the thing that stood out in this one was that they had offers on the table uh, last fall from AEW. They could have gone over, and they were very clearly stated that, you know, not to put it all on AJ, but Carl Anderson stepped up and said, if AJ had gone over or was over there, we would have gone to AEW. And I had that Mm -hmm. little shiver and that chill that went up my spine that said, oh, my God, we had an opportunity to have Kenny Omega and AJ Styles uh, get back at each other. And if you had been flanked by Kenny, with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson, and I just went, oh, who dropped the ball on that one? Mm-hmm. Because that might make the wrestling world implode. That That's like final boss of that, final bosses. Well, that would have been the... <laughs> the Hogan turn, the NWO, you know, of the modern era. If they had, if the, if the entire, if that whole faction, the three of them had gone to AEW, forget it. It's over. Like that would have been absolutely monumental. Yep. Like Tony Khan, sell a stadium, make that happen. Yes. <laughs> Tell know? dad to sell a big piece of commercial real estate, oh, please. Oh my Lord. <laughs> but uh, but Good the point God. is, is that they had offers from AEW and they had been talking to Impact, and they Impact had been courting them and courting them and courting them, and said, you know, uh, got them, got Carl Anderson interested in even wrestling in the first place again. Uh, plus, the money was good enough, and all of that. So, I mean, just they couldn't turn down the Impact deal, plus the ability to and the freedom to go work in New Japan again. Yeah, which I know uh, they really want to do. It's the first yeah. thing. One of the first things that Anderson tweeted out was Japan. And I'm saying that in like the, the Street Fighter voice, Japan, Japan. Uh, Carl Anderson, one more thing, has even said that he would have bet his house that his name would have not been on the list once they saw the video from Vince saying that we're going to have to do some layoffs. Yep. That's how blindsided those guys got. A year. It had been less than a year since since they they signed signed a five-year guaranteed money contract. And Triple H was like, basically, you know, like, we love you guys and all this. Um, the problem was, and whether it they said it was Heyman that was doing it, whether that it was or not, um, somebody told Vince, if you want to save money, these two dudes are not doing anything, and we're paying them how much? Because they had huge contracts. Yeah, Gallows even money said on during that interview, it was like there was they were making enough for like five or six other wrestlers. Yep. So. If business is business, it, it does make sense. Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Nick, let's wrap up on Impact. It was a good show. We'll come back to it and see how it's doing next week. But for right now, we got to do a little segment that is uh, is actually sponsored by one of our patrons at a certain uh, patron patronage tier. You get to produce your own segment on this here show. Yeah. And that's where this came from. This is Jesse Money's Bright Side of the Ring. Well, first of all, guys, a quick shout-out to Jesse. Thank you very much for your continued patronage. Thank you very uh, we much, We really brother. enjoyed uh, talking with you and coming up with this segment. This is the second one that we're doing here. We did Sammy Zane's uh, Sammy for Syria uh, last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month, Ian, we've, we've, you've cooked up something uh, equally awesome something else. here. The idea being, yeah, the idea is to do an uplifting story about uh, pro wrestling, something in the pro wrestling world, or a pro wrestler. 
Um, and this week, I just, for whatever reason, I had, I was wondering about a former WWE star, a guy who has since become like a, a enormous star in his home country. Um, and it's someone who I think a lot of people in the U.S. still kind of poo-poo or, or they don't think terribly fondly of. And that person is the great Kali. Mm. But he's actually a pretty fascinating guy. And he's got an incredible rags to riches story. Because that dude started out like dirt floor, poor, nothing. One of seven siblings. Um, his real name is Dalip Singh Rana. And he's actually from, he was born in 72 in this small Indian village uh, in North India. So Himachal Pradesh is like a northern state in India. And the Sirmaur district is what, like the southernmost part of that. So he's kind of like the middle north of India. Um, and uh, he, like I said, he had uh, six siblings. And uh, he's still religious to this day because of his upbringing. They followed uh, Ashtash Maharaj, who's, uh, who's a Hindu, uh, Punjab Hindu. So as you probably might have guessed from his size and from the protruding forehead and jaw, he had the same thing that Onda the Giant had, acromegaly, which is why he got so damn big. He's 7'1". Um, and Commonly known as actually, gigantism. or Gigantism. Yeah. And it was actually because he had a tumor pressing on his pituitary gland. And he, didn't, he, he actually didn't get that removed until 2012. Wow. That's how long it took. Um, but uh, he was, they, they're not sure if that ran in the family. His grandpa was near seven foot two. But we don't know if his grandpa had acromegaly as well. So no way of knowing. But he did end up becoming, as a young man, he became a security guard uh, in Shimla, which is near, near his uh, village he was born in. And while he was there, he was actually noticed by the big, like the nearby big city, the, the chief of police, because the, you know, even as a young kid, the guy is six nine, six ten. So the police chief sees him and goes, um, "I'll have that guy. Yeah. I'll have that security guard." And uh, so he brings him over to um, to uh, Jalandhar, which is the big city nearby, and he becomes a member of the Punjab Armed Police and. Police chief ends up getting him a job not only with the police force, but he also was doing uh, what I can only describe as like, like showcase events at sporting events. He got him into weightlifting, got him into to, um, athletics, and he just and apparently, uh, Kali just completely took to this right away because of his frame. So he got into bodybuilding, and he would just show up at events like big sporting events and just pose, like look at the gigantic strong dude over there. And he was basically like an attraction in India. Um, but he brought his brother with him to be uh, part of the police force. And uh, so he actually was supporting his brother for a while there. While he was there, he became Mr. India twice in 97 and 98. So that was how he already was a big deal at that time. Um, while he was working out, he actually saw WWE while he was doing all this. That's when he first saw WWE. They introduced it to him while he was doing these bodybuilding things. And uh, because, you know, you, you see WWE and everyone's jacked on WWE. So you're like, ah, I want to look like that. Right. Right. So um, at the time, he thought wrestling was real. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so his thought was, well, crap, man. I'm huge. I'm strong. I could beat all these little idiot, uh, idiots up. So he figured he was going to go become a professional wrestler because he thought it was real. He started studying wrestling in India. He was like, I'm going to go to America and beat all these guys up because I'm so much bigger than them. Then he gets to America. He actually first came to the San Francisco Bay Area 
um, and went to wrestling training school and was like, oh, wait, it's, it's not real. <laughs> it's scripted. What? Crap. And he, had to, and he didn't speak English. He didn't like he was he was living on the floor of a ten by ten room. Wow. Um, he thought he was coming and, over to do like prize fighting, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then whoops. Uh, ironically, he came all the way over here and uh, was working with APW. But the first big company he signed with was All Japan. Oh wow! Back in Japan, he had to go all the way back over to Japan to get signed with All Japan. But that was after he was trained by APW in in, uh, in Hayward. I uh, was actually trained by a guy named Roland Alexander who was, in his real life, an accountant. So Great Cully was trained by an accountant, and as many people who would criticize his wrestling later would say, well, you did get trained by an accountant. Um, now, this is when actually like a little bit of tragedy struck, because while he was working for APW, he was actually involved in killing a guy. Oh, what? Um, so a guy by the name of Brian Ong, they were training. Uh, everyone at the... At the, at the um, the wrestling school was training and apparently Ong got a concussion doing a move and the trainer said, well, you just weren't doing the move right. Just keep training. So he kept training and then apparently during a match between Ong and Kali, Kali went for like a spine buster or flapjack kind of move and Ong grabbed Kali's shirt and came down weird. He came down on his tailbone, which whiplashed his neck, which was already, he got a concussion previously that day. Um, and apparently he didn't, you know, was was in pain and was having problems, but the trainer said, Al, he'll be fine. They didn't take him to the hospital until way later, and by that point, it was too late, and he died a couple days later in the hospital. I didn't know all of this. Yeah, um, and APW was actually sued for recklessness. No one came after Kali because everyone who was there and saw it said Ong just took the move wrong. It wasn't Kali's fault, um, but Kali said that he was shaken up. He said he felt horrible, but you know, what's he going to do? Either he can let it stop him or he can keep wrestling. Uh, you know, he's feel sympathy and everything, but it wasn't his fault. It just, it was something that was, that shook him up a lot, but it made him respect what he was doing in the ring a hell of a lot more. And it might actually that, you know, seeing what can happen when someone isn't trained properly might actually have led itself to why he started a school later. And that's kind of where we're ending up on this. Um, but of course, I think a lot of people know him from there. Obviously, like I said, he joined uh, All Japan. He was in New Japan for a while. He even wrestled tag matches against guys like Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Manabu Nakanishi. Uh, he was in CMLL for a minute. And actually, he was in WCW. WCW signed him eight months before WWE bought them out. And he never really saw Kali on TV, but he was technically in WCW. No kidding. And then WWE bought them out and didn't pick up his contracts. They didn't know who he was. Um, and in fact, this is crazy, WWE, Vince McMahon did not know who Great Khali was until Great Khali got so well-known on the independent circuit, he ended up in a, in, a, in a movie role in The Longest Yard. Remember that Adam Sandler movie? Oh, God, yeah. He was, he was in that. He played a character in that. And apparently Vince McMahon saw that movie and was like, who's that guy, pal? Yeah. Who's that big son of a bitch? Because, you know, Vince likes him big. And apparently... When Vince found out about him, he sent a limo to pick him up, gave him the red carpet treatment, took him out to lunch and said, how would you like to join WWE, pal? And of course, Kali's looking at <laughs> Vince is rolling out the red carpet. He's going to give him a ton of money. And he's like, uh, uh, yeah, it's like the reason I came to the U.S., dude. So that's when I think everyone knows him from there. Obviously, he came in as a monster, feuded with Taker, feuded with Arizona. Um, He says Cena was his favorite opponent. 
um, including the spot where Cena ate him off of a what was it a tractor or like a yeah piece of equipment. Uh, he says that was his favorite spot he ever took. Cena was like Cena. He said Cena was a really good guy to work with. Um, was always very generous. And uh, of course, then the Punjabi Playboy happened, which <laughs> I literally just got that, tingles up up my back. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that right before he joined WWE in 2005, you know how he's always kind of like lumbering to the ring a little bit? He never, never looks like that limber. It's not really his fault. He actually had a knee injury in 2005 and had a botched surgery on his knee in India. Oh, man. And he's had a limp. He's had a limp ever since. He was actually a lot more spry before that. If you actually go watch his stuff in New Japan, he was a lot more spry. You know, he's never going to be wrestler of the year. But yeah, that really actually kind of took the legs out from underneath him. Pardon the pun. Um, so, but he also says that WWE schedule wore him down. Like he came in, if you go back and watch, he came into WWE just pretty jacked. And by the end, the road schedule wore him down. He couldn't keep up with the, um, the working out the way he wanted to. And his body started falling apart on him. So, um, on, uh, on, in February, 2014, he was granted, granted a naturalized U S citizen ship. Uh, he married his wife, Harminder Kaur, who's a U.S. born, um, he married her on February 27th, 2002, but he didn't have a daughter with her until, uh, just after he became a citizen on February 26, 2014. So, and, uh, he actually, his daughter, I saw recently, he and his daughter in the ring, she wants her to be a wrestler too, but right now the only move she knows is like the Ric Flair thumb to the eye poke. Hey, you know, she's that'll, really, that'll she's really get really good you at far. that. She's really good at that one. Yeah. Um, so he decided after he was done with WWE in 2014 that he actually wanted to go back and give something back to the city where he started. So he went back to, uh, to India in Jalandhar, and that's where he formed Continental Wrestling Entertainment, his own school slash promotion where he could actually get people into pro wrestling there. Um, he's hired some American trainers. He actually had a guy named Rex Andrews who's currently wrestling for Reality of Wrestling. He was a trainer there. Um, he's bringing people in, and basically he's, he says anyone can apply – you do have to pay because even with people paying for it, it operates at a loss. But the idea is he wants to get people involved in, in sports and fitness and being healthy and to get the passion for wrestling that he has. And the thing is it works because he's a huge figure in India. Like he's actually – like when he says something, he just gives like an interview and it's front page news. Yeah. So, um, so he's gone from basically dirt floor to now he actually paid for his parents to have an actual house – and they have eight-foot-high doors in the house when he comes home. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very cool. And as, a, as kind of like the final, like this year, his wrestling school uh, has come so far that WWE actually signed for the first time three of his trainees. In January of this year. See, that's had, the biggest reward right there. That's, that's the big one. Is like after everything, he went there, he started this uh, started the school, and apparently it was, it was an uphill battle. But three guys now have finally joined uh, the WWE and the, the, the Performance Center. In fact, if you watched Monday Night Raw last night, you saw one of them. I saw one of them in the crowd. Uh, Gurvinder Singh, uh, Sukhvinder Graval, and Lakshmi Kant. All, they are all in NXT right now. Gurvinder and uh, Sukhvinder are both seven-plus feet tall. So they're, they're, and they're, they're good-looking dudes. And they're good athletes. Like they're, you're obviously looking at Vince looking at these guys and going, they are... That's the next great Kali's right there. Uh, but Lakshmi is actually, he's got a history of javelin and taekwondo. So they got him just because he's athletic as hell. Damn. So, so there you go. You've got a guy who started off with nothing, and he ends up now creating a school 
where he's putting out people that are worthy of going to WWE. So, and um, like I said, you know, when he says things, people still write about him. Um, he's right now, he's an outspoken about immigrant rights. He's a very much a proponent of protecting persecuted in minorities. Um, he's used his fame to help promote sports and fitness. He goes and he's like the special guest when they do um, gym inaugurations around the country. Like they'll bring him in to, you know, cut the ribbon as it were. Yeah. And, and bring, uh, you know, bring eyes to their gymnasiums. And uh, so he's, he's come a long way. And, and, you know, whatever you think about him in ring, uh, the guy himself has had an incredible success wow. personally. And uh, it's, it actually makes me wish I could go back and watch that Punjabi prison match. I might have a, a much bigger smile on my face when Great Kali shows up to save Jinder Mahal. And we probably haven't seen the last of him because he said, like, I don't really want to do a lot with WWE, but if they come and give me a check, I'm not going to say no. He's jacked right now, too. He's got himself in shape, too. So. Well, there's also I, a certain someone who had to go away and have some, some knee work done and uh, is also looking very jacked himself right now, and that is one former WWE champion, Jinder Mahal. And yeah. I could certainly see something there, uh, especially to try and get the, uh, the, the Indian eyes on the product again. Mm -hmm. uh, don't forget, guys, two billion people in India. Yep, and, they, and it's very popular over there. Yeah. You know, and Kali is probably the, the greatest representative they could have of that. To India, there. he's the greatest wrestler of all time. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like I said, that's pretty awesome for a dude who started with nothing. Yeah. So what a great story, is, man. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, that's, I was, I was kind of starting to research and read about it. I was just, I went from being like, oh, I had a great fellow, Kali, eh, to being like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. What a what a great story. It's all so the warm fuzzies that, are being fired. Yeah, right and that's the idea of the bright side of the ring. So thank you very much, Jesse Money, for having the idea for that segment. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate your support of the show. And anybody else out there, you want to get a segment uh, on our show, just go over to patreon.com and slash, slash, sign up for that tier. Yeah, absolutely. And you too can produce something on the show. So thank you again, Jesse Money. Thank and that you, has Jesse. been the bright side of the ring. Well, we're going to keep the positivity train rolling as we head over and close out the show with our very own Moment of Positivity. Mop. That's right. The Mop. The Moment of Positivity brought to you by Sean Clark. We appreciate you guys hanging with us and being positive out there because that is one of the things we want to send you back out into the world after listening to our show. We want to send you back out with a smile, with a good, warm, fuzzy feeling inside. And to do that, we put this little segment at the end of the show, something that we talk about that happens in the last few days of wrestling, in the world of wrestling, that left us with a smile, left us with warm fuzzies inside. Nick, what was your moment of positivity for the last few days? Uh, this one's pretty easy because Raw was Ooh. complete and utter dog shit. So it, you, know, <laughs> you, could, you could pick out certain things. But you know what? I have a feeling where you're going, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Oh. That's Dominic whooping the shit out of Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy <laughs> with a kendo stick. That was a good one. Swinging for the fences. Uh, yeah, Ooh. Dominic having his own moment without Ray, either on the Tron or in or around the ring, just Dominic. Dominic coming out and standing his ground. He looks fantastic. If he can punch up the mic skills a little bit, that dude's got a big yeah. future. And, and I say that outside of all Nick booking kayfabe. I'm really stoked about uh, Dominic being an up and coming, you know, we, we've seen this surge of Latino wrestlers coming up back into WWE, and I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and if Dominic can continue that sort of, you know, Eddie Guerrero, because that's his real dad, uh, tradition, oh, come you know, on. Let, let's, 
let's continue that story. We've got all this lore Would and you history. Stop? We've got the Mysterio and the Guerrero legacy around the ladder match for Dominic's. <laughs> <sighs> the sooner we forget about that, the better. Come on. <laughs> but, I mean, we could pick up where we left off. You oh know, let's let's write the final chapter of the Ray and the Seth eye for an eye stuff. Give Dominic a chance. I don't think he would disappoint us. That's my moment of positivity. All right. Dominic. You started Guerrero. off with something very positive and you ended up not being very positive. For yep. Me. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Where did you go? Yeah. Uh, where did you go? My moment of positivity. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns are the tag team champions of impact. Come on. How can that how can that not be my moment of positivity? The Motor City Machine Guns reform and go win the damn championships in impact. Come on. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, that's uh, that's an easy one. That's all that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's my moment of positivity. I marked out, I popped. I'm like, yes, they're back. They're champs. Ah. Um, there was some other good stuff. I mean, I liked I loved Asuka's selling of Kyrie being injured when she comes out screaming at the back. Um I love Randy Orton's promo at the top of Raw. It was sick. And I love that buttery RKO that he gave to Drew. Um, but it's, it's got to be more City Machine Guns. It's got to be. I, so. I kind of want to give an honorable mention to the idea that we could one day get AJ Styles because he's pissed off right now. He's not very happy with Vince and or with Paul. Keep yeah. that in mind when that comes up. And Tony they Khan made him the Intercontinental champ. the Brinks truck up yeah, to AJ right. Styles, okay? He's, he's got, he's got, uh, he doesn't have a few more, he only has a few more years left. He wants to, he wants to be able to retire and just have WWE take care of him. I don't, from what I understand, he may be pissed right now, but they're doing everything right with AJ uh, to, to make him happy at WWE now. They know that he's pissed and they're like, you can be the Intercontinental Champ. Here's some money. We love you. We love you, AJ. We love you, Mr. Phenomenal. Don't leave us. AJ Styles Don't and the Good us. Brothers <laughs> versus Kenny Omega <laughs> and the Young Bucks. <laughs> I mean, just does that not just write itself? I, I'm just glad this camera only catches me from the waist up when you talk about it. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but suffice it to say, <laughs> <laughs> nipples. Ding! Um, but that's, yeah, very exciting. I just, I think it's a little unrealistic. It is. You know, it, but very exciting to think about. But yeah. there you go. That's our show. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir, Ian Dangerous, and thanks to everybody <laughs> in the live chat. Special shout-out to Kyle and just every Andy and uh, Jacob, all of you, Will, uh, Xander. God, you guys killed it tonight with the Super Chats. Thank you guys thank so you much. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate all of that. Again, I'm going to throw you a little bit of one final reminder. Saturday's show will not be here. We interrupt nope. your regularly scheduled program to tell you that we are moving to Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Busted Wide Open is where Saturday's mm -hmm. show will be. Same format, same bat time, different bat channel as we head over to uh, explore what all we can do over on Twitch. And again, you know, a reminder again, head over to the Facebook discussion group. Check out the, uh, the live stream that I did in there in the group uh, talking about all of the details, plans that Ian and I had, why we made decisions the way we did, and yep. all of the details and vocabulary that you need to know. It's sort of, I give you a sort of cheat sheet on Twitch all of those sorts of details and things. So go check that out yes. uh, when you get some time uh, because it's going to be very fun and very uh, important to understand. Things are a little different over on Twitch. But you guys are going to hang out. They're, pretty, it. I have they're pretty fun. It's, it's, yeah. it's a blast. Head over and watch a couple of streams 
for of some games or anything like that and watch how the chat interacts with the show. It's it's really a lot of fun over on Twitch, and I'm very excited about it if that wasn't clear. Yeah. Uh, definitely get into our Discord as well. Lots of good stuff coming there. We've got SummerSlam coming up. Uh, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. All of these links can be found over at BWOPodcast.com. Uh, we're going to be updating that very soon. Uh, I, stay subscribed here on the YouTube channel. We're going to have some more content going coming throughout later this year, uh, as well as keeping the BWO dailies rolling. Don't miss out on those. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. And last, patrons. Love you guys. We've got Dude. a bonus episode coming for you Thursday. Oh, yes. Heads up, Thursday Ooh. evening, bonus Ooh. episode for July. Uh, will be live streamed right here on YouTube. Uh, for th- I have to figure out what to do with that over on Twitch. I don't know. We have to figure that one out. But we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. But just heads up, patrons. Uh, $10 and up, patrons. Uh, we will be doing that bonus episode on Thursday night for you guys. Uh, I think that's it. One, that's it, dude. One more time. Uh, and I just wanted to s- kind of bid farewell here at the end uh, to YouTube. There, there's a lot of things that um, we've learned. There's a lot of lessons I've learned specifically about the technology and what it's good for and what it isn't and all of those sorts of things. But it's been well, a good platform. We've let's, learned let's a lot clear. in the last year. We're since not we... saying goodbye to YouTube. Well, we're, we're just saying goodbye to live live streams on YouTube. We're still going to be on YouTube. We're going to be putting tons of stuff on YouTube. Well, uh, yeah, but I'm talking about the lives. That's that's what oh I mean. Oh, my God. You're such a sap. If YouTube woke up tomorrow morning and decided to make live streaming a first-class citizen, okay. we wouldn't be going Let's anywhere. let them... Let's let them get on with their day. That's all. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We love you guys. And we will see you guys back Saturday on twitch.tv slash busted open. I'm excited. We are very excited about it. Uh, But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.